I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Fodditors. I hope you're well. In this week's episode, I speak to journalist and author Annie Lord. Annie also has a dating column in Vogue and her debut book, Notes on Heartbreak, which I absolutely loved, came out last year. We have a really fun discussion. We talk about breakups, being single in your mid to late 20s, partying, the fear of aging and so much more. I absolutely love speaking to Annie and I really hope you enjoy listening. As always, please do rate, review and subscribe as it helps other people to find the podcast. Bye. Obviously, we first met, it was quite fortuitous actually, because we met at an <laughs> event and I'd literally just come out of like a long relationship. Yeah. And your book, I don't think was out yet, but you were telling me about Yeah, I was writing. writing it, I remember. Because we were, we were at a book launch, weren't we? And then I remember we went out for a sig and then, no, you can't say that. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> don't worry. And then, um, <laughs> no, I just remember us getting on really well and then going on this like mad drunken night where we ended up in um, All by One. I know, and then got a rickshaw back to Balham. And that was the first time we met and we were up till like five in the morning. Yeah. And, and we, I remember at the beginning of the night, I was like, oh, this is dangerous. Like we're not good at like calling it a night. And you're like, oh no, I'm that person. And then we didn't call it a night. We never called it a night. And it was a Monday. Yeah. I think. But it was like pre-Christmas. So I felt like it was like. Yeah. It was festive. Time. So I read Notes on Heartbreak last year, at the beginning of last year. I think it was one of the first books I read and I loved it. And I wonder for people who haven't read it, can you tell us a bit about the book, like the story, yeah. how it came about? So it's basically a memoir about me and my ex breaking up, but it's also kind of, I would say like a meditation on love and heartbreak and yeah. And just, it goes through like lots of different things that sort of influenced me or that I took from when I was going through the heartbreak, like different films or like um, songs or books and things like that that I took things from and it's kind of written in like quite a stream of consciousness way just as I'm like processing things and it was kind of like almost was like a diary for me as I was going through it because people are like oh how was it to you know go back to how you were feeling at that time but I was literally sort of writing it as I was going through the breakup myself and it just really helped me process like all the feelings I was having and took me a long time but I still think it made it quicker than <laughs> if I hadn't have written it. I feel like heartbreaks, like having a heartbroken or going through a breakup is one of those things that they never get easier. Like it doesn't matter how many mm. times you have them and I've had about 12. They always are so difficult. So, oh no. <laughs> I was like currently banking it wouldn't be bad the second time. But what, how did that change like your timeline? Because obviously like you're in your 20s, it was quite a serious relationship. Mm. You maybe thought this could be the person that was your forever person. Like how much did that change your trajectory and did it kind of knock you? Because even though we're still young, like I think when you're having these quite serious relationships it does suddenly jar you because you mm. have to like recalculate all of these plans you had in your head for the future yeah it's really weird actually because like you know when people are like oh you'll do so much better without him or like everything happens for a reason like it's so weird because like my life is so different now to when I was with him and like it's just each thing that happens seemed to come out so good but it's like I don't know if that is because of anything other than like when you are who you are things will turn out in a good way 
it just seems like in retrospect, it was because of certain things that happened, say someone breaking up with you that it happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, it's just like, you know, he broke up with me and then I wrote an article about it and then I got an agent and then I got a book deal and then I got a Vogue column and then I've made so many friends. You know what I mean? It's like a weird thing. Like I wonder, but I think maybe if like, you know, we'd have stayed together, I would have, I could have thought the same thing about if we'd have broken up. Do you know what I mean? I might be like, oh my God, I've written a book about yeah. so I, I actually think probably similar good things would have happened. It might've just been later down, the, a lot later down the line. Like I wasn't ever thinking about writing a book when I was, I was in my twenties and I was still struggling to get into journalism. Like I think it would have been like, oh, you know, when I'm 30, 40, when I'm really confident, I'm going to try and take some time out of work and do that and just all happen a lot quicker. I think I've had the same experience, but after a breakup, really good things happen. And you can mm. cleverly, like like you say, retrospectively be like, oh my God, it's because I'm free from the relationship. And I have found every time that I've been like come into being single after a relationship that wasn't working, I have kind of flourished. Mm. And I think a bit like Moya, maybe Moya did an article the other day about how we're very quick to kind of turn men into villains. And I think sometimes it's really fun to be like, oh my God, it's because of them. Yeah. But maybe it's just because it doesn't mean that they were evil or they were really awful or terrible but it's just that the fact that you're no longer in a relationship that just isn't right maybe on both sides yeah you then have space and also you have so much time back like when you're in a really serious relationship I think you don't realize how much time you're just spent investing in that relationship even if it's just like hanging out in the evenings together or cooking together or spending your weekends mm. whereas when you're single you do get like 40% of your time back if not more yeah completely like you go for, I think like when you're in that amount of pain you do go through like this rapid growth and I think it's like yeah even like you know at the beginning I think you focus on everything you did wrong and then you kind of focus on everything they did wrong and you get really angry and then I think you just think about the whole situation and all the things that are wrong but like it's really frustrating that you can't like afterwards I felt like I you know that crazy meme where that guy's like pointing at the like noteboard and there's like this like lines of thing like like a detective that yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> you feel a bit like that where you can just see everything that's wrong and you can see that you could have fixed it if you were in it but it's like you can't fix it while you're in it only after and it's like I think yeah I, I think that's why you do just progress in so many ways so quickly because you've just had so much time to calibrate everything that was going on it's really funny now I've been single for like three years or something like how I think if I was with someone now, it would really throw me in the sense I've become so stuck in my ways. And like, I, I'm like, I wake up and I read for half an hour and I go to the gym and then I do this and I'm going to eat this meal. And you become so particular because you have all this time to really like settle into how you want to live. And I think if someone like entered that, I would feel so anxious and like, not in a good way, but I've become so rigid almost in my routines. Like, I think love makes you a bit crazy and like, everything gets thrown in the air a little bit I also think I so I have a couple of girlfriends who've been single for probably some amount of time and mm. they were like the longer you're single the harder it is to see why you would ever want to introduce someone back into your life because like you said you have all these like almost like freedoms because you can do things as you want to mm. and I do think sometimes in a relationship as a woman we there was that ask the other day I can't I'm gonna butcher it I think it was in the Guardian and she was like women bend so naturally that do you know the one I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I do think that's true, that we are better adapting, especially in like heterosexual relationships towards what the man wants or needs. And so mm. we do actually like all of these things where like, I wake up in the morning and read and do that stuff. It's like, you should be able to do that yeah. in a relationship. But actually, often I do think as a woman, we do take that role of sort of 
not pandering, but there is some subconscious like subservience there. Mm. I think it's still left over from that. I, I do think I've maybe got to the point where I need someone to like, you know, I think I have become a bit rigid in my thing. I feel like I maybe would benefit from someone being like, relax, you can do that. Or like introducing a bit of, I don't know. I'm, I am kind of chaotic though in other ways, but it's, yeah, like I guess when you're single, you don't get challenged much on your lifestyle because your friends, I suppose they could, but they're not, they're not, your flatmates might notice certain habits, but yeah, I think when you're in a relationship, someone can be like, have you ever thought about like the way you're doing this, you know, going to the gym this much might be a bit weird or like, um, that kind of stuff. I just think I've like, you know, that stereotype of like a bachelor, yeah. and his bachelor pad. I just think I'm like that. I with love it. that. But I, yeah. Like I'm super happy, but it's just, I, I worry. I wonder, not worry. I wonder what it will be like in a relationship again. Like I'm quite intrigued to see what would happen but maybe you'd find someone that has that groove already because if that's mm. like a re really massive contrast to how you were living when you were with a partner mm. maybe if you met someone else they would also be someone who likes reading in the morning and go to the gym which by the way it's, yeah. doesn't sound like something someone needs to be telling <laughs> off for <laughs> oh I, it was just me trying to like flex on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i love how you say that and then we're like but when mm. you get a rickshaw back to ballon from soho at five <laughs> in the morning that's fine but waking up and reading in the morning that is really bad <laughs> do you think because I always wondered this I do think this is true that you can't have everything right the like everything going well like I saw a tweet the other day which I thought was so true it mm. was like how is everyone doing life how are you managing relationships work friendships mm. exercising getting like all at the same time and I do sometimes think I found that like when I have come out of a relationship often it is my work that does really well because I think mm. you have more time to balance things out do you think that you could find time now now that you've been single for w would you be looking for another relationship or love or? I don't know god it's so true that like I at the minute I, I went to like see a posture specialist because like my top of my shoulders started hurting and like he's giving me all these back exercises to do and I'm like oh my god like now I've got to fucking sort my back <laughs> and then I've got to like you know drink a like floss and like you know like warm up before you go to the gym or like eat veg it's just like so many things and I'm just like I don't understand you I like I wonder if you did all those things in a day like whether you could do like, earn a living like, do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean I think you could genuinely fill your day with like those tasks that everyone's meant to do but doesn't do I have tried to start flossing because I've literally never flossed in my life but I was like because I, I keep paying for like teeth whining and I was like I should probably just floss but yeah it's so true like I've definitely feel like family friends work and relationships like one is floundering and I definitely like would say probably relationships isn't but I also would kind of rather that the most people are not flounders because it's like the other things feel so essential to my happiness whereas like having a partner doesn't much although also with part of that it's like I think like you might not need a boyfriend but maybe happiness and romance could be like flirting on nights out or like masturbating or like there's so many romantic things that could take that role if you weren't with someone and maybe in that sense it is kind of still like I am still fulfilled in that way it just might not be the typical thing but yeah I do I want a relationship I don't know I've, I almost think it's weird when people go out on dates and they're like oh it's not what I'm looking for right now I'm looking for this like I could be looking for like to have casual sex or looking for a relationship it depends who I meet do you know what yeah. I mean like someone could be good enough where I'm like god I could spend so long with you like that would be cool or it could be someone where it's like this could just be fun for us to hang out for a bit and it, it's funny that people dismiss things so much when it because isn't they have what like, they want actually that's not what I'm looking for right now yeah like who knows what they're yeah. looking for do you know what I mean like maybe you, you get to a point where if, if you want that whole like wedding 
kids thing that makes sense that you would look for a specific thing but unless you want that like <laughs> I I really like what you said about because I agree I think we're not taught enough when we're like younger how important it is to have like really value your friendships your friends that like nothing that's going to go and like mm. try and make your career if you can I mean loads of people hate their work but something satiating and like have all your hobbies and then in a weird way like romance coming in last I kind of think makes sense but we're mm. taught to like value romance so much and then actually that could be really isolating like loads of people get into relationships they stop seeing their friends that and then when you're in that love bubble that's amazing but then when you could sometimes when you come up for air, you look around and you haven't actually got anything else yeah whereas actually it is kind of a nicer way to live if you're nourished in every area and then you're flirting or you're having yeah. casual sex or you've got like people to text or mm. that that almost in a weird way sounds more fulfilling and there are those studies about how women like when you get into when you get married or when you enter into a really serious relationship the happiness levels actually go down because it uh, takes away so much of those other external mm. things that you get from life it's interesting I remember like really thinking when I was in a relationship that when we were like breaking up like thinking I would rather be with you than be happy like that felt like that and it's so weird to be consciously aware that I might be happier on my own but being like no I need this like I can't imagine not having this and it's so strange uh, no I've definitely felt that before when you know it's like or even that feeling of I know we're not right together and I know both of us will be happy with someone yeah. else but I don't want that to happen yeah you think I you want wouldn't to know. keep you yeah it's weird I think it's because it is like a drug and it's like an addiction and even if you're not codependent I think relationships are inherently on some level have like some semblance of codependency yeah. especially when you've known each other for such a long time and I think that was something like the way you wrote about I told you this but when I was reading the book I it was like I had a really good breakup and I wasn't that sad about it because we left at a point when we were kind of ready to leave it mm. but I was crying more reading your book than I cried oh. <laughs> about my breakup because it reminded me of all the times when my heart had been really broken because the way you wrote about it was like so beautiful oh, well, thank you what <laughs> did you find that experience of sharing that because it's quite a vulnerable you're mm. very candid and open in the book and you're really young mm. were you concerned about like exposing yourself that much and obviously the book's done really well how what's the kind of how's that shifted things was that nerve wracking or did you just focus mm. on the writing and then forgot about the audience? I definitely was focusing on the writing and like I do, I am someone that does lack shame, I would say. <laughs> like when I meet people, I definitely overshare a lot and I'm like, oh my God, I just nearly pissed myself running for the bus or like da da da. <laughs> and it's definitely like a way I bond with people, even if that is a strange or stupid way to bond with people. But I, but then so it's, it's weird. Sometimes I do get moments, I, th I think, especially when it's, when it's women, I don't, don't care at all. But sometimes like, I had like a guy friend be like, oh yeah, I started reading it. I didn't realize you were that sad. And I just felt so like weird. And I was like, no, it's fine. I was fine. Like, and, and it, I guess it's like, it's almost like you're showing like things you might say to a lot of different people, but there's some people you wouldn't have said it to. And then it's, they've seen it, which is can be kind of weird. But I guess when you talk to people about it, they do talk in an abstract way. If they'd pick, I think when people pick up on certain bits, I can be a bit, oh God, like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't have to face that that often, basically. I can actually remember specific quotes. There's a bit <laughs> when you're like, I think we're talking about having an orgasm and you're like, my petals came off one by one or something like that. <laughs> and there's another bit also talking about the coming and you're like, and we fell into a milky sleep. Isn't that mad that I can remember the oh, quote? Oh, that's so lovely. I my, remember the My poor really dad, nice. I was like, oh, I'm going to give you a redacted version. <laughs> like, almost like, you know, in like when they 
like cover over yeah. like black marker but then I didn't then poor guy read it but <laughs> but you know what's funny I think in the context of reading it as a broader thing you can kind of like understand it more and also knowing other people are reading it did he do you think he could get out that separation or do you think he was a bit like I don't know I I think my parents are just very tolerant <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sure we probably scammed and read some bits of there's a coping mechanism I don't know what do you think it's like have you learned much from that experience of that heartbreak and sharing it and has it made mm. you I guess have you been single for three years do you, is that different from how you would have imagined you'd be approaching relationships do you think that you've learned a lot in terms of proper because you really mediated on it mm. you literally wrote the whole book about you know finding love losing that love going through the jealousy heartbreak wanting them again everything. yeah yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because I still go on about it so much. Like, and then you should ever catch yourself and be like, God, shut up. Like, why are you still talking about him? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll be on the phone to my mum and you're like psychoanalyzing something from like so long ago. And it's like, God, get over it. Like, yeah, I wonder if I would still be that harping on <laughs> as much as I do, or if it's made it worse. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like, luckily and unluckily, it's just impossible to find like great <laughs> men <laughs> a lot of the time. So it's like, it's really hard. Like, it's, it's a blessing and a curse that being single is quite, like, I don't see myself finding anyone for a long time, basically. Um, yeah, I don't really feel a pressure with that. And, like, I think I would like to write about myself in some capacity, like, for as long as, like, forever. But I guess with dating, it, yeah, it would depend if I met someone I really liked. I would so love to read a column, like, where someone was writing about their relationship. Mm. But I guess, like, obviously that would completely depend on someone else. And I feel like it would just make it weird. <laughs> but I feel like that would be so fun. I feel like, I don't, I don't know if it's in Sex and the City or if this is actually an actual column, but I feel like there was someone, like, documenting the beginning, like, them falling in love when it was like, I guess you could do it if it was anonymous, but then the author would probably have to be anonymous to the partner. Yeah. But I know what you mean, like, really truthfully what it's kind of like, because you're yeah. right, everyone's sort of, open talking about dating and then the minute you, people are kind of together it suddenly is like mm. it's in a no-go area yeah it's interesting though because I've noticed like when I first wrote the column I think maybe it was a confidence thing but I would you know really write describe the guy and the situation and like want it to be kind of gossipy and then but then I like it's funny recently I've just not really described the guy it'll just be like like redhead man <laughs> or something <laughs> and it's like I've noticed no one cares and I think it's people just care about like how you were responding to something or how someone made you feel and not who they are mm. and like that's been so so nice and really taken away off because I'm not embarrassing myself as much by like having to talk about someone I know and then them know how I feel about it like I mean people can probably read it and glean from it if it's them but I'm not like massively described I don't know that was that was something I didn't need to have done really which is quite nice how do they how do they respond to like to being written about do, do you have to I tell them beforehand or yeah well it depends like if I go on a date and there's just nothing I just write about it and just change enough where they wouldn't know it was them or like if I like them I've just said and they've known and I've like sent them bits which is really weird or like what I guess at the minute, it's funny because I'll write something and I'm like, ah, they'll never know. <laughs> and then like, I was in a smoking area with my friend the other day and I was like, oh God, he like mentioned something about like, oh, you must have liked him because you like wrote about it in the column or something. And I was like, oh, because I just really thought I'd 
<laughs> and I just the thought of him reading it and being like, oh yeah, she likes me or so, I don't know, made me cringe so much. It's, but, it's funny how much we can betray like with our words or the way that we act about things without us, because there are, we yeah. do have blind spots to ourselves yeah. where we think we're being like really I clever thought it was or so slick. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how much you can give away. I guess you kind of are in a way living like the Carrie Bradshaw career. <laughs> Is it like that? Is your life <laughs> oh, Carrie it's Bradshaw? It's so funny actually, because... It's such a glam job to say you have. And like, sometimes I love saying it, but then sometimes I was like, cause I know now sometimes I don't say it when people are like, what do you do? I'm quite vague. I'm like culture journalist or whatever. Cause like I was in the dentist once, like my dentist like was such a child, but was still like, uh, like near where my parents live in Leeds. And so I'd go every like Christmas or like when I'm back for my birthday or whatever. And like, he was like, oh, what do you do? And I was, uh, cause I was at home. I was just in that proper like troll mode where I had like really horrible star print pajamas on. In and, the dentist? Yeah, like, and just like really greasy hair, like proper breakout. And I was like, oh, I'm a dating columnist for Vogue. And I think he must have thought I was like, <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, nice, nice. And then I was just like, he thinks I'm insane. So it's, yeah, that was weird. But, and then also sometimes I notice myself talking about it in like a really icky way where like, I think I come off like quite stupid a lot of the time and like I am quite ditzy and like say like seven million times sorry to everyone listening and when I'm talking to people sometimes I can tell they think I'm like stupid or don't really want to speak to me or like aren't really listening and I'll just start like dropping in like career things like about I've written a book and then you just feel so icky after because you just said that was such a cheap way of gaining respect because it's like we spoke about this before I think we're having lunch and we're saying how sometimes people can think we're really dumb. So then we try and add in like really clever work. Because yeah. I think also if you're a blonde woman, I know I'm not that blonde anymore, who like dresses up and like likes going out and, yeah. and has an interest in, I don't know, pop culture and fashion stuff, people, men especially, can just automatically, mm. you can just see their eyes going, oh, she's thick. And so I will try and then insert something really clever. Usually then it will come out really wrong and be mm. like word salad and it's really embarrassing. But you are really <laughs> clever. And the way you write, I told you this, I couldn't, I can't, would never be half the writer you are. Like oh, the way so that you write is just incredibly beautiful. And maybe you think, I think some people think through their mouths. I think Completely. I process through my mouth. And I think you process through writing and your yeah, words. Yeah. And that's just, it's different communication, but you're obviously not dumb. But I know yeah. what you mean about, I have had that a lot of times when you just feel really like infantilized and reduced and you're mm. like, you can't see me. I'm not And weirdly, sometimes I think I play into that role and kind of enjoy it. Like not, I'm not so that person like at school, they like pretend to be dumb, but I'm just quite comfortable sometimes with people thinking that. And then I, I don't know, or... I'll, I think because I'm quite a people pleaser, sometimes, for instance, like if someone's talking about something and I know about it, but I can tell that they're enjoying telling me about it, I'll like indulge that. Yeah. And then it's it's really stupid. Like, I don't know, I've had things where like someone's telling me about an album and I've, I've listened to the album and I'm just nodding along. And that's horrible. Like, if I knew someone was doing that to me, I'd be so annoyed because it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing, yeah. But I just do do that sometimes. And I don't know why, because it doesn't make you pe people like you more, but I yeah it's just a weird habit I know what you mean and also sometimes it's quite a safe place to let people have like low assumptions about you because mm. then you've got nothing to prove and you can just kind mm. of hang back I think as well when you're like it's it's less of a when growing up when you're a woman it's it's not as seen as an important thing about your identity that you're really smart like I've never felt like I had to prove that because it wasn't like oh I'll gain more respect from that until later on when I went to uni and I was like oh my god I really want to be smart like that's cool but at school and stuff it wasn't 
part of being popular being smart so I'd, like if people think I'm dumb it doesn't offend me as much as maybe someone that went to a different school or like was a guy or whatever yeah I completely agree. I definitely think now that I'm older I don't maybe it's cultural as well I do think there's like a been a cultural shift towards intellect being something that we like champion more in women as you said like when we were mm. younger it was literally just like do you have a thigh gap if mm. not <laughs> which I never did um <laughs> and so yeah I agree I think I value intelligence loads and I feel like I've got way less clever since the pandemic mm. I don't know why my brain's just like rotted yeah we were, it was actually interesting I was talking to Sean about this and uh, we were saying about like would you rather be I don't know who oh I, and I was my flatmate was the one who mentioned it but she was saying about would you rather someone think you're boring or ugly <laughs> and um I was like oh a hundred percent I'd rather think that I was boring really and then she was like god what like I'm really confident in the fact that I'm good looking if someone thought I was boring but then it, what became interesting is who we were thinking of saying it so my mind immediately went to a guy in a bar right so I was like I don't care if you think I'm boring I know I'm not boring like cool whatever I want to be hot <laughs> and then someone like else was saying oh I thought of like a woman that I like respect and them thinking I'm boring and then I was like oh obviously in that case I'd rather them think I was ugly but it's so tragic no, <laughs> my brain went to, like you know when it's like who's like the objective like v judge of you your adjudicator in your head yeah, yeah. it was like a man it's that's weird. really funny now I do worry about because I think and I'm learning this more and more especially since I've been doing dry jam which I cannot stop talking about I realize I actually have a massive fear that I'm boring and like a bit <laughs> like you like I am bad I'm the friend that everyone can rely on to go out with them really yeah. and it's always and I realize part of that like since I've not been going out I'm like oh my god is that actually me or am I just terrified of being boring mm. and think that I'm unless I'm like really loud really fun mm. always being like a little bit obnoxious that I'm actually really boring and yeah. I realize like I'm trying to like interrogate maybe that's where that's coming from or I just do like having god fun. yeah I relate to that so much because I think especially when people put an expectation on that when you're out you're going to create fun and I don't know if it's like a Gemini thing but like very split <laughs> personality like I'm can sometimes go out and be like I haven't had a single thought since <laughs> I've sat here like and it'll, I'll be like watch I remember having a thing recently where I was just in a real funk with socializing I was at brunch with my friends and I was watching them and I was like you're all so funny like why are you hanging out with me I've literally nothing to say and I think part of it is like having friends where they appreciate like the waves of your moods and like how how yeah. sometimes I can just be like blah, 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 and then sometimes just complete flatline I'm just there for vibes <laughs> so I can be really really quiet and like my really close friends know that yeah. but if I'm in like a big group and people don't know that if I'm in quiet honestly they will turn around and be like is it only okay and then so I don't do it that much and I'm trying to learn to be like I don't always have to I want to feel any I feel like it's my responsibility in a group if like yeah. if there's an awkward moment or if there's silence something I've got to fill it and I'm trying to sit back and be like just observe yeah 
ask because people have written that lots of, or maybe it's not, maybe it is a bunch of groups, lots of people gone through breakups and you're in a, in a group of people that love like partying and love going out. And I feel like you're really l lucky to have this like group of 20 somethings who all kind of have the same idea about loving dancing, loving having house parties, loving having raves. How do you think that differentiates your, differentiates your timelines from like other people? Do you, do you feel like you guys are kind of held in a time warp in a little way because you've got such a big group of people who love doing the mm. same thing and I feel like you're allowed to be young whereas I guess in like other careers some people at the same age feel very kind of settled down in a different way does that make sense? yeah completely like I think and defo I mean bell hooks talks about in like all about love about I think it's just she talks about like the AA and like a sort of creating a kind of community of support and love and like I don't, I don't actually know if that's how she describes it, but <laughs> I remember relating and thinking about like the group of friends I've got and like community and like how much you can create that feeling of support from like so many different places and people. And like, I, it makes me not feel like I need a partner in as much in a way at all. It's funny as well, because I was thinking when you were talking earlier, like I am someone that's always been so fascinated with romance and like men and literally go to sleep every night like creating stupid scenarios in my head about like men and it's I, I think it was like the other day I was thinking though that I think what I've always found even more fascinating than that is like friends and being surrounded like surrounded by really cool people and just feeling really loved and partying and stuff because like I remember like when it going to uni and like being around low I don't know I just like being surrounded by a lot of people that know me and you know like obviously having a small group but then a wider one and I don't know my parents have always had like a lot of friends I just think I was like oh god I've think I've always fa even found that more romantic and fascinating than I have men which is weird because I'm obsessed with men <laughs> saying a lot but I think there's something about having a friendship group where they can kind of carry your stories with them it makes you feel I feel like it distributes the weight of who you are as a person a bit if that makes mm. sense because you've got all of these people walking around who know maybe like your deepest darkest secrets but also like your silliest personality traits and in that way I think it like unburdens you or like unbridles you in, the, in a really tiny way mm. of having to carry yourself through life because you're all carrying bits of each other. Yeah, that makes sense. so true. And like, I I notice, you know, like when you're in a relationship and they see cute things about you and like maybe they like, you know, on their phone, like went next to your name that's saved, like puts you an emoji that like reminds them of it and all these things like people, I've, it's so nice having friendships where people notice that in you as well. Like, like Moya was saying, oh, it's so cute when you like, wrinkle your the top of your nose when you Aww. laugh and stuff and you know things you wouldn't even think that other people would see or like they would say I'm like a huge flirt and it's all that I like center myself all the time in conversations like someone will be talking about themselves and I'm like god it's so funny it was me <laughs> and it's like it's yeah it's really nice feeling seen in that way it's almost quite romantic I feel like we I, as I've gotten older me and my girlfriends are more romantic with each other in that way like talk to each other in a way that's because you can have, like you say, you can have romance outside of romance, if that makes yeah. sense. And not reserving it for like one relationship. You can kind of spill out, even if it's being quite tactile mm. with your friends. Or like, I guess in, it's being intimate, not necessarily mm. romantic, but you can be like, have intimacy with friendships. Yeah, In a completely. way that I think we weren't necessarily taught, you were taught to kind of, because I think you're like me, you're quite a loving person. And like, sometimes that is too much. You can't just channel that into yeah. one partner sometimes that some of that like lovingness is got to be like distributed amongst 
other people yeah. in your life what I was love as well is like you know where you you have got a lot of people around you that you love and stuff like you, all the little sub you know where you're like hanging out with a group and it's kind of a weird mishmash of a few people and it's like everyone's a different person with a different combination of people like a different energy might arise between them people that like would be different with someone else that was like you know louder you know yeah. maybe the conversation would be more meditative and like philosophical or and then like more silly with other people and it's like a weird patchwork of like vibes <laughs> and it's like how you know if you've got certain things you want to go to like which friend you'd invite for what kind of thing mm. or what kind of experience you want to have you you talk about in the book meeting some of these friends that we're kind of talking about mm. how did you find because a lot of the things that people ask me on instagram as well is how to make friends in your 20s, especially when mm. you're like moving to London. It's such a busy city and everyone's got so much going on. So you've done well to like create this really strong network of people, which I'm really lucky to have met a couple of times and like been to some of your infamous parties that you guys host. <laughs> but how did you find these friends? Do you find it easy to make new friends? Yeah, I think so. But I think it's also, I mean, I guess like I literally met them because Moya had a house party that I went to. But I think, you know, other friends... That I've spoke to have gone to parties and I think like if you're talking to someone you get on it, it like and you're just like do you want to go f and ha do something next week like so many people would and like I think it just takes like going out and meeting a lot of people and when you find someone you get on with like being brave to like ask someone a friend date <laughs> do you know I used to have such a weird thing where if it was my friend's friend mm. I would never like hang out with them on my own because I think that's their friend. Yeah. It took me years. To, I don't know why. It was a really weird block where I was like, I would meet a girl or, or guy, whatever, through mm. a friend and I'd love them, but I just wouldn't speak to them outside of seeing them with my friend. And then one day someone did that, like, should we go and get a coffee or whatever? And I was thinking like, do I need to invite my friend? <laughs> like I couldn't work out that you're allowed to have friends. And yeah. I think sometimes we could be like that at a party where you meet someone and you want to ask them and mm. you feel like someone's going to say no, but you're right. Almost every time everyone's like, yeah, great. Yeah. Like, go and get a coffee or do something. And it's like, I find it really cute when I see two friends hanging out yeah it's really sweet it's funny as well like I had a house party for new years and like it was really I don't know what I was doing all night like I think I was just buzzing around like talk, having 30 second conversations because I cannot remember what I was doing but it was so funny like the day I, like after like talking to friends and be like oh it's so much fun I was meeting so-and-so I was talking to so-and-so and it's like I was like where was I because <laughs> I would love to be talking to you too and it, but it's so nice like you know when you see your friends like getting on it's really sweet I love trying to merge all my friendship groups but it's mm. quite hard to like get them together but it is really fun when they meet and then they love each other loads yeah it's so nice I love that parting is such a big part of like the way that you lead your life because I actually do think parting is like dying out yeah I feel like parties don't I feel like going out in London is is doesn't really exist anymore yeah everything's kind of shut at 11 unless we're going to house parties but how do you facilitate that because I think sometimes I think there's so much to be said for the importance of music and partying and like real parties God, and it's like, so funny how much it occupies my brain especially what I'm gonna wear at them <laughs> <laughs> you know you just like I love putting together a silly little look and like getting really excited to wear it because when people are like oh, where do you go out in London I can't even think but a lot of the time it's like friends that like put on nights and stuff but there are like fun places where you can like rent them in London for like we found a few places that like 200 quid and like we just got a couple of friends to DJ and stuff like that it's really fun yeah it's so it's such a like good way of like you know you like the phrase like blowing off steam like mm. I often feel like I literally need to do that where it's just like a lot of stuff in my brain and I just need to go and be like thoughtless for a while and just dance and just chat and it's yeah it's really fun like and it's always nice looking forward to something I just think that wait we've come I think because of like this health conscious thing and I think it's like Gen Z more but there's like everyone kind of goes to the gym in the morning or goes to the yoga mm. or goes to classes or does things which are like 
I guess that also set end of the spectrum of a party, but kind of a similar vibe. It's mm. like a you time, whatever. But usually they're like, you're not talking to anyone. You're not really making friends. Yeah. I feel like everyone's kind of swapped out parties in their purest form for like, and kind of see them as something we shouldn't be doing. Like nights out or staying out mm. late is kind of seen as like, reckless or silly and actually I think like you said like parties are great for meeting people I think it's good for your soul to dance I think it's a very like primal thing to like get sweaty in a room with loads of other people and flirt innocently or or non-innocently or whatever god yeah I often think this where it's like obviously life I think is about balance and you can't be going out all the time you do start to feel like very worn down but so many of my friends that love partying and are good at it it's like they're always like oh there's such amount of guilt about it and I think that doesn't make sense when you're getting too fucked up but it's like you enjoy this so much and a lot of people want to go home at 12 yeah. and like you don't isn't that that's fun yeah and <laughs> you've I also, got good stamina for it I also think sometimes they're like going to parties when, when you have loads of fun like uh, me and my girls used to go, went out well I went out so much last year and I went out with another group of friends and they were getting absolutely wrecked just drinking, drinking. I was like, that's so funny because when I got out with my friends, that actually isn't, we're just dancing the entire time. Mm. So we do get drunk and we might be a bit hungover, but actually like the majority of the evening we're on the dance floor mm. and like dancing or singing or being really silly. We're not actually just like concentrated drinking. So I think when mm. people thought about us going out, they were imagining us doing that and I was like that's yeah. actually not what my nights out look like they are genuinely yeah. like screaming into a microphone singing like sometimes yeah. we'll have danced so much that we're sober by the time we get home because we're like yeah. sweated it all out yeah I think that is something I want to work on a bit because I do think I still have a thing of like I don't know just the way you drink when you're growing up is like as soon as you've drank something drink again like my Leeds friends love them but like I went for a boozy brunch with them like last year and it was like every time I finished my gas they were like again again I was like guys don't worry I'll get drunk like if you (laughs) like it's fine and it's like it's just so in that mentality of like how much can you drink and I feel like I it's just a bodily reaction when I'm out I'm like oh I need to get another drink I need to get another drink and my tolerance is so high like I really want to cut back on that because I've like it's so I'll be out at the pub with a friend and I'll see they've had like a couple of pints and I'm like it's I I just want to get to the point where it feels very easy and natural not like I'm pacing myself not like I'm watching their drink and like matching how much they are so that the natural thing is to drink less but it is something I think you have to make a habit yeah I think I agree there's this idea that you've got to like get it down you and also you're right yeah. we're gonna end up drunk like no matter what happens <laughs> usually I'm I'm actually yeah. like half drunk after the second glass well, so of wine it's like, I'm, like I think it's from this you know maybe thing when you're younger where you can't afford yeah. drinks so you're like Pre-drink downing modes. it and yeah like drinking cider in the park is literally probably just comes from that because I was like f- okay I've paid like whatever 30 quid for like bottomless Prosecco but like if I want more later I could just get another drink like I'm okay <laughs> yeah. now so why am I <laughs> trying to get my money's worth of this thing and then just like lessening how much fun I'm having because I like can't speak as eloquently because I've drank so much it's just stupid not that I'm super eloquent anyway but <laughs> no I, I I definitely find myself doing that and me and my friends have done, especially at bottom sponges where we've got so smashed we're like we should put, be put in a straight because honestly like yeah. what, what are we doing got it that thing my day. friend like <laughs> her birthday she's my best friend so I feel like I'm really calling her out but it was so funny she like we left the bottomless brunch place and she just like immediately like fell over like smacked her knee and it's like it was probably like 1 p.m like what what, what is the need for that what do you feel like, <clears throat> so you're saying you're getting to a cute little routine, you're doing a reading in the morning and you're mm. doing a little gymming. How do you feel like you're, wait, how old are you now? 
27 27 oh yeah because you only i'm almost 29 oh my god but it's not that much older what do you <laughs> feel like i when i turn 27 i think it's when i start you start thinking about 30 because it's yeah like, it's coming now how how are you viewing that or approaching that are you start mm. i'm trying to like I do think it's changed, but now everyone says your 30s are like the best years and now it's like 40 is the thing to be worried about. And actually I'm really excited about 30. Yeah. But are you starting to feel this kind of thing of God, I'm meant to be slowing down or I'm meant to be changing the way I dress and I'm meant to become more like of a woman in a certain way? Yeah, I definitely have had a lot of weird things where it's, I think stuff to do with like, oh, am I going to be single forever? Because I, it's so weird, isn't it? You never think like, it's either like, you're gonna meet someone in the next few years or you're single forever. Like yeah. there's no option of like meeting someone at 45. Like for some reason, it's like women's lives seem to mentally end when they're like 35 or something. I don't know why. It's like in my head, this, I, oh, God, it's gonna happen soon or it's this. But it's, that's what? such a good point. Cause I think it's like, we see love only being able to happen up until the point when our eggs have expired basically. Yeah. So it's like, whereas you're so true, especially if you're, for instance, say you didn't want to have children. Of, you should absolutely what is it Marilyn Margulies says never get married fuck everyone and buy a house or something like that like you could yeah. just be having this much fun yeah up until you're 50 and then be like right now I'm gonna settle down for the last 30 years of my yeah. life which makes way more sense than committing yes. someone for like however long we're gonna live 60 years mm. but I agree I do think that it's like this rush <laughs> and I think it's because of this there is this time limit like mm. where we're like after oh, 35 everything mm. is like I think as well some of it is like makes more sense in the way that I know it's less and less single people. Like if it's like everyone's coupling up for this time limit, but, and then, you know, you like, every time you see a hot guy, you're like, always, you're like, as you single, always been going out with someone for seven years. You're like, okay, cool. And it just seems to happen more and more. But th so that in that way, I do feel it in a more rational way. But so I definitely had a little freak out about that. I had a freak out about like, defo botox like aging that kind of thing starting to notice like small changes in my face and but then i think recently i have kind of circled it it was probably a six month freak out and then i think i'm really starting to enjoy it and i think it was i was literally on a night out in leeds and there was like there's so many students we go out in leeds because it's obviously like three unis and like this guy like loads of really young guys were like coming up to me and my friends and we were like oh my god you're so like you look like a child <laughs> and i felt really maternal towards them and i think i was looking at them as well like just all everyone that's out and i was like god i don't want to that doesn't look that fun anymore like they don't look like they're having much fun and i just was like felt so settled with the friends i was at and like the age i was and I was like, I feel like I'm starting to enjoy it and feeling more in control and knowledgeable. And yeah. There's so, oh, there's so many things I want to respond to that. First of all, like getting older, I, I've had the same age mm. freak out thing, like an aging, and we'll talk about that. But the thing you're saying, I've had this before on nights out where you meet young men, even men that are like 24. And I'm like, oh. And then you hear about, I don't know, is it like Chris Evans going out with a 19 year old? When yeah. he's like, and you're like, how are these men? Yeah. Obviously women, I do think are more emotionally mature and also probably can make ourselves look older than guys can. Cause when guys look young, there's like, you can't really do anything. Can mm. you? you just look so young. But I remember going out and finding that so strange. And I'm seeing it like you see more and more as guys get older, the women they date just get younger and younger. And that really yeah. freaks me out. Yeah, God, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if this is a bit gross, but on that night out, I was like, there was a guy, he started talking to me and I was like, oh, how old are you? And he was like 25 and I was like, oh, okay, it's all right. And then he was cute. But then 
I got with him and I was like, he's definitely, because it was just, I feel like when you kiss people now, it's never a bad kiss. Yeah. And I was like, I don't feel like you've kissed many people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I feel horrible. Like, I feel yeah. so old and weird. And like, I was just thinking like, God, when like Leonardo DiCaprio is like getting with these young girls, like they probably don't know how to kiss and stuff. <laughs> But Do you know I, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, ew, and you enjoy, or you don't mind that. Or like, you teach them all these things they don't know that they should, shouldn't be learning from someone that yeah. old. It's so weird. But I think, that, I think it's also because not only do we feel like the age gap more greatly because I think we do have that maternal thing and, and guys maybe look younger, but also we're taught now that we are old. So mm. like, it's like we're, we're at this age now where we should be more mature, whereas guys are always like, especially I think because of this myth that men can kind of procreate eternally up until they're like 95. I think that does feed into some sensibility of like, well, I'm fertile. So like I can be with fertile women. Whereas yeah. I think we start to feel like, oh, well, we're we're too mature. We're like past the head of getting with a guy that's such like a young buck. But yeah. I find it, I still find it weird. Like Sienna Miller, love her, my absolute favorite. Her boyfriend's 25. And I find that yeah. quite weird. But maybe that's me. Maybe I should, but I find it all weird, the yeah. age gap thing. It's also one thing I realized, it's like only recently I was like, God, that's a myth that I believe that isn't real, is the idea that men age better than women. Yeah. Like that they they like just look better, like the silver fox thing. Like, cause I thought, oh yeah, it's unfair, but like their bone structure, they just look better. But you look at like Helen Mirren or something, it's like, she looks exactly as yeah. good as a man would. There's no like biological aging difference it's in their faces. It's just we said that men can it's just look not old. sexualized. Oh, like women just, we just see them as sexless when they're old. But I was even looking at like, my sisters and I feel like they they get prettier like every year and they're mm. both in their mid thirties. And I was like, I remember being worried when I was like 23, 24, being like, oh my mm. God, this is going to be like the best I'll ever look. And it's so weird because you can, even if you don't look older, like even if you don't have visible signs of aging, like wrinkles, or whatever, there is something about someone's face where you just know how old they are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can tell that I'm yeah. 28. It's obvious I'm not 18. Yeah. Even if I've, wasn't that wrinkly or whatever yeah yeah and uh, even that in of itself is kind of seen as seen as like less attractive or less than mm. and it's weird because I feel like I am starting to worry that when I go into a room this is a really cringe thing to admit but you're like oh god I'm not like the youngest in the room anymore <gasps> yeah do you know what I mean and I think you you when when you do I don't know we I guess we both probably got like careers when we were young so it's always like oh like yeah. I don't know like if I go on the radio to like talk it's like young perspective and it's gonna be weird when that isn't like I don't can't get away with that anymore like I am 27 yeah it's also funny with the wrinkles thing because I like when I see people now that I haven't seen in a few years I notice like wrinkles and it's so funny because every time I think they look great yeah like I don't know just a friend I hadn't seen years and he just had like laughing lines around his eyes and I was like oh it's so hot and it's so funny how you just don't think those hot things are hot on yourself. And also I think when you go on Instagram or you watch TV or whatever, or you see people that are in the media, mm. everyone looks very smooth and preened. And I always sit on the tube and I look around at everyone's faces and I'm like, oh my God, everyone has lines. Like mm. it's so normal, no matter how, whether they're like early, you can kind of gauge people's ages. And I was thinking it's just so unrealistic. Like the, what we're measuring ourselves against just isn't what people in the world look like or care about. Like I, yeah. think, I think maybe because we're hyper visible due to like literally being online and photographed and whatever for work. Mm you focus so much more on, on your face. And I do really notice this age, I think, and it's something I'm trying to figure out, like, do I want to start getting both? Yeah. I don't really know what the answer I'm is. I'm the same, because I kind of get both 
sad. Like I, I, I was in a Guardian. I think what was it written in Refinery Twenty Nine? There was someone writing an article about where that is. Oh, it was Vicky Sprat about. Oh, deciding, I want to read this. Yeah, is it good? yeah, yeah. It was really good and like just deciding not to get Botox. And I was, yeah, like they are like markers of the life you've had and. I don't know, I feel like if I got it, then I feel like, oh, I've got it now. Do you know what I mean? And it does feel, I feel like it does feel like a huge decision. I feel like it's probably good that it feels like a big decision to weigh up. Yeah. Whether to get it or not. It's just, I don't know, it just feels so normalized now that I guess the difference is before it would be like, that was the arena of celebrities and famous people. But now that everyone's getting it done, you kind of feel like you're the odd one out if you don't. Yeah. And I know I'm saying everyone very loosely, but I'm saying like lots of the circles that I've been in, even my friendships that aren't like in the media, that mm. loads of my friends... It's just like the next thing you do. It's like something you start doing around 28. Everyone's like, right, time to yeah. start getting Botox. Just like add to your repertoire of things that you do. Yeah. Do you follow those faces on those pages on Instagram that are called like celeb face? They come up on my Discover yeah, feed. Yeah, same. <laughs> and every famous person, like every movie star you can think of, every mm. model, they've all had like nose jobs, like all these tweakments, but over like mm. a really long amount of time. And I look at them and it kind of makes me feel better and worse because you're like, yeah. wow, even these women that you would never expect to have had anything done have actually like very subtly over time all just been morphing mm. and it's weird because on the one hand I'm like god I could do that and then I'd be like I like I was obsessed with getting a nose job for a bit and then you I have thought such an adorable nose I just have a weird thing about this bit of my bridge but then I was thinking like everyone's seen my face for so long mm. would it be weird then if I changed it yeah and then what if I had a daughter and then her nose was like exactly my like my old nose yeah or something but I am really like oh I do I'm really, I, I, feel like, I feel like it's so against everything I'm supposed to believe in, but mm. I like love the idea of getting loads of plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because like on the one hand, I do feel like I love being glam and like I love putting loads of makeup on and I d it, is, I d it doesn't like oppose anything in that way. But I think it's, for me, it's more Botox rather than like aesthetic thing. Because I think that's a real, it's not, I don't know maybe it's because it's so about aging it doesn't feel positive almost like because it's it's not adding something else yeah. to your f oh, no that doesn't make any sense I know what it? You mean. It, it can be seen as we weirdly have put aging in a category where it's like non-cosmetic so like mm. we're taught to wear all these creams and like if you think about the way that we're marketed to like do certain things when we're younger even wearing sun lotion obviously that is good because of like skin cancers and stuff but a lot of the reason is aging and mm. aging is kind of put into this bracket where it's it's not necessarily about beauty. It's it's viewed like about health, mm. but actually like it's not unhealthy to have wrinkles. Yeah. But you can, and it's a bit like having your teeth done. I was thinking about this recently. Yeah. I had Invisalign, but that's so actually true. cosmetic. But like children are forced to wear braces from a really young age and it's yeah. really painful and you don't need to, like you can have wonky yeah. teeth. And I was just thinking the other day about how for some reason teeth aren't like, no one bats an eyelid if someone mm. gets their teeth done. But if you said, I'm getting my lips done, I'm getting my Botox, whatever, people would be maybe quicker to judge. It's so funny as well, once you get something or become aware of something on yourself, like, or like I, I don't know when I realized, was like, oh fuck, my teeth are so yellow. But it was like, I, I don't know, I drink like five cups of tea a day. I was, I think a friend had gotten hers whitened and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do that. And I got them done. God, it was like not one, there was like a thing and it was like one to 30 and mine were 27. <laughs> Like, on the colors yeah, I was like bloody hell um but then since then it's like all I see is that my teeth are bright yellow and it's like people are like oh your teeth are really white since I've had them done they never they don't look white to me before when they were probably quite yellow I didn't 
notice it at all. I didn't think they were it's, yellow. Whenever you're fixated on something, when I was really, really lean and I was quite like disordered and I was doing mm. my bikini competition, I was so self-conscious of my body because I knew every like inch of fat. So I wake mm. up in the morning and be like, oh, and now I look at my body, I'm like, oh, I look great. But I'm like probably like two stone heavier than I was then. Don't really notice much things on my body. But when you're like really fixated on something, mm. if it's like an issue, then you can't, it's really hard to, you almost have to like detach yourself from it and mm. not notice it or it's, it's such a mindset thing isn't it because I was feeling quite crappy recently about my body and then I tried on something I bought on Depop and I was like "Woo, I look great at the minute and it's just a complete like one thing can just switch yeah. either way and then it's nothing nothing's changed in how I actually look or when you come off your period and then you suddenly feel great again yeah. and you're like oh that wasn't that wasn't real when I was like saying that I was gonna change my hair and <laughs> <laughs> but even when I feel really sluggish if I haven't gone to the gym a few days I'll go to the gym once and suddenly my head I look like completely nothing's gonna change yeah. but I think it's the it's like the, the endorphins from exercising and stuff and like, I learned that certain changing rooms will make you feel awful about yourself because they just the light is horrible and just look gross so I'm like I'm just not gonna try stuff on in those changing rooms or I'm just not gonna look at myself at certain yeah. points so like when I'm on my period I'm really bloated just don't look at your body just only let yourself like feel nice you don't need to yeah. like bully yourself by putting yourself in positions where you don't feel good do you know what I mean yeah it's funny like in some ways bodies are so complex and all that and then in some ways they're so simple like, I literally go to the gym and like come out and be like I'm walking on such <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like they're so easy to program in some ways and then so complicated and weird in others you in the book you talk a lot about your about your body image mm. and about and there's bits about like you talk about your stomach which I also loved with your ex and the way that he would kind of really encourage you to love your tummy and it mm. would really confuse you because you'd spent so long being like but this isn't what I like. And he kind of loved it. And I loved that, like talking about how, how, how's your body image? Cause that was, there's loads of sweet things about your acting mm. that's confusing. How did that change? Like now, how are you feeling about your body now in that way? I do. F I, I feel like my body image is like held up by a very like architecture where it's like, cause I, I didn't go to the gym for a little while. I've become a weird gym addict. It's a very new development for me, but I didn't go to the gym for a bit and I was like it made me realize like how much like you were saying I, I'll it's it's not like I've managed to get to a point where I just unthinkingly eat I think I've got to a point where I unthinkingly eat because I'm justifying it because I feel like I deserve it because I've been to the gym right do you know what I mean so it's like you know like in an ideal world you just eat well, oh, but you wanted, you're, but you're like, allowing yourself to eat it because you're like I can have this because it's gone so you're like yeah. one step behind eating just intuitively yeah. you're allowing yourself to have what you want with the justification that you yeah can. it's like you can't I feel like I still have the treat mentality yeah. and it it was just quite weird not going how much the whole thing sort of fell down a little bit but it's also like I don't god it's so weird like I remember I think I write about in the book like I have, have such a clear memory of like before like me before I went on a first diet because I think diet culture and stuff came for me really late like I went to like it was only when I was at uni that I started being like oh I should I've noticed my body almost and I think like for a lot of women sadly it's literally when they're like 14 yeah. but I was I remember putting on weight in like first year and then being like this isn't good it's obviously bollocks but and then going on a first diet and I feel like it's like once you've done the first one it's like your brain will never get out of that pattern of thinking do you know what I mean you can get to a point where you're like chill with food but I still think you are weighing it up in a certain way because you've done those calculations before like you, you can't go back almost it's 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 like the what's the thing in like the garden of Eden I know <laughs> the it's fallen like, yeah. it's just like you're just like in the 
thing and yeah so like even if now like I'm very I eat loads I'll have like four really big portions a day I'm still like oh because the gym you're allowed I I know what you mean it's funny it's we like I almost don't talk about bodies that much anymore because it's so complicated but like I think it's really like interesting and important to say stuff like this because so many people still do struggle and I think we're Mm. living in like a post-diet culture in commas world where no one feels like they're able to kind of Mm. admit if they're still feeling pressure yeah yeah to like do certain things the other day I I had like a bit of a bloated tummy so I was like I can't wear like a tight dress Mm. and then I was like yeah you can you just have a bit of a tummy yeah, yeah. and then I just went out with it and for some reason I was like because I do I can be quite like have a flat t- tummy sometimes but it was bloated so normally I would dress to like mm. hide that and I was like just go out with it and then I was like actually that's quite cute and then I was like why does this matter like no one's looking and it like yeah it was like the first time that I'd ever just decided just to like let my body be and not try and make it look right in mm. a commerce, you know what I mean and that was like a new thing for me because I can be quite like I'm really good about I don't mind my body, but I'll sh- I'll be conscious of how I show it, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, completely. I feel like, sadly, like most women do just have issues with food. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of vary on a scale. Like, I would say that I am like, do really love the way I look and I'm confident. But I think there's still massive issues I have that I probably won't ever grow out of. Do you think ever? No, I feel, I don't know. Like not, I mean, I think I'm so much further ahead than like say my mum who'd be like, you know, just, I feel like it's more not normal for our mum's generation to yeah. not like the way they look. And I don't feel like that. I feel so confident and hot like most of the time, but I think I'll never, I just don't, I don't think I'll ever not be really aware of how I look or if I, you know, go through phases of putting on, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'll feel. Chill. Do you think? Do you think every? I see. I think what happens is I think every. I agree. I think most women have some form of like not everyone, but a lot of women have some form of disordered eating, and just mm. over time, mm. it just becomes so second nature that it basically like yeah. it doesn't control you. You just have learned how to control it. Yeah, and I do think that that's true, and I see it a lot with like women. They just everyone has their own like weird ways of. Right. Yeah. It's interesting as well, like how what women have to do to feel okay, and like how different we all are because. Like I, I saw this thing and it was like an influencer and it, it made me feel more settled before Christmas. It was like, it just came on my Discover feed and basically she had like a big box of celebrations and she was like, if you eat like loads over Christmas, it's not going to make you put on loads of weight. Like to put on loads of weight, you'd have to eat like however many to put on whatever gram of fat. Like it's not, if that's what you're stressed about, that's not a thing. And I put it on the group chat. I was like, don't want to freak anyone out. Like but this made me feel more soothed. Yeah. But then I obviously freaked everyone out. <laughs> no, I freaked out one friend who was like, I don't like it when they talk about anything to do with yeah. dieting or weight around Christmas. Like it should just be a non-topic. And I was like, yeah, that makes complete sense. And then another friend was like, oh, that made me feel, I've just ate like a whole like square of galaxy that made me feel really chill. And it's just funny how individual it is and how careful you have to be. Well, I, we'll have our own coping yeah. mechanisms to deal with like the shitty diet culture thing. But I feel like I've got, to, I've been through such like bad sort of eating like back and forth over the years. And I feel like I'm so relaxed about food. I go out, eat what I want, do what mm. I want. And then they put calories on the menu. And all <gasps> yeah, of a sudden, because so when I go out to eat, I will eat anything. I'll have three courses. I'll have the whatever. But the minute I can see, I didn't know. Mm. I felt like I really was. I'd got like, I like evolved. I was so proud mm. of myself. And now when I go out, I see it and I try so hard not to look at it but I'm like 
I just automatically will be like, well, I'm not going to have that because that's like, especially mm. when it's something that you don't know. I don't want to know how many calories and things when you're out, but you're like, I'll want to order something and then it'll turn out to have loads of calories. And I just, I'm like, I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. I really don't need to like, know that. It's interesting as well, like you having a thing of like, oh, when I go out to eat, I'll do this. Because like even that, even though it's like a hell, like a very sustainable like form of like, working out where your like boundaries are, but it's still like putting a boundary yeah. on. Do you know what I mean? Cause like, I remember like before I went on a diet being like, oh, I'm in the mood for a chocolate bar, I have a chocolate yeah. bar. I'm in the mood for like soup. Like I didn't think, and you, I just think you intuitive. can't not think again. You can intuitively in the sense you're like aware that you're intuitively thinking, but you're still like aware of it. It's still like a I know, structure. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so annoying. It is annoying. But maybe we don't ever like, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. Mm. it's really confusing because <laughs> even then when you're like so sometimes as well people like eat intuitively but like you said then I'm like do I intuitively want yeah. to have that and then I'm like if I intuitively wouldn't I just eat all day or would I not when yeah. would I stop and like, I don't I think sometimes you do have to be I don't know it's it's basically mindful I think the less you think about it the better yeah but then think trying thinking about not thinking about it less makes you think about it so you just have to like mm no thoughts yeah <laughs> I don't know it's so confusing okay tell me this is kind of like the idea but what when it comes to your timelines where were you imagining that you would be at 27 is it different from where you are now how like what mm. little things have unfolded that maybe you wouldn't have expected and do you have any plans do you have a five ten year plan are you that kind of person or are you just looking forward to finding out fucking around and finding out mm. <laughs> yeah I, I feel like I would be so gassed if I saw like my life now Aww. I think it was so cool I think I probably would have thought I had a boyfriend <laughs> But like, I think like sometimes, you know, when you do that thing where you imagine like what your 16 year old self would think about your life. Like even when I'm doing chaotic things, like crying over a guy that like I went on a few dates with or something, I'm like, oh my God, I'm crying over a guy I went on a few dates with. Like, you know, you can always romanticize it and be like, just seeing it as so dramatic. Or like, if I'm like, oh my God, like I haven't done any work on Monday or Tuesday, so full crap from the weekend. But, and I'm like, in bed like with a laptop I don't know just like I feel like my life I just think it's cool and fun so that's really nice I think five I, I want to I'm trying to write fiction at the minute which is really fun can you tell us about it or not have you started no I, I yeah I'm so like vague at the minute but yeah that's been cool and I'm really enjoying that in the sense I think I haven't like learned a new skill in a while and like being like I'm actually doing that like that that's actually happened it's been a really satisfying feeling yeah in the next few years what was I thinking? I really want to have, a st I would love to have, you know, when people hire like workspaces, I would love to have like an off, I just, my desk is like right next to my bed and I have this disgusting office chair that like is comfy. I'm just like, I just hate having work like literally next to, I would love to have like an office, like I could go in where there's other people co-working. What else? I would love to like continue becoming less crazy with men. Like, <laughs> cause I feel like you can't, I like now it's like, it's so stupid to be like, oh, I want a boyfriend or whatever. Like I want to react better to situations and be, yeah. Like I've gotten so much better at like approaching people when I'm out and like being like flirting with them in that way. I think that's really fun. And just not letting it completely knock me on the floor if I get rejected. I feel like you're doing such good like market research though because you've been dating and single for like three years. I think mm. that by the time that you, when that person, whoever they may be, comes along, I think you'll be like so ready for it. Yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, and just continue going out and having fun. Maybe a bit less fun. <laughs> that's me this year I'm, like, I'm gonna have last fun yeah. but I'm still having fun not having fun times like yeah have fun in lots of different ways I mean like you know when you just like are in on a Friday and you've just got like a really good show to watch and it's 
so delicious just thinking about staying in I know I've, I've realized that as well just actually doing nothing yeah. is really good fun thank you so much for joining me I love this chat we've kind of got it all around the houses but I think <laughs> it's been really nice do you have anything else that you want to tell anyone about that you want to point um towards? no just read my column buy your book <laughs> buy my book yeah that's that's it probably Oh, thank you so much for joining me. No, I had the best time. And thank you everyone for listening. I will see you next week. Bye.